Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 1 through 28. Let's uh, offer a few comments about what's going on here in this scripture today. Although uh, no one knows exactly what this temple looked like that we'll be reading about, it must have been beautiful. While gazing at this glorious and massive structure, the disciples found Jesus' words about its destruction difficult to believe. But the temple was indeed destroyed only 40 years later 
when the Romans sacked Jerusalem in A.D. 70. And Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the very place where the prophet Zechariah had predicted that the Messiah would stand when he came to establish his kingdom. Jesus' reply emphasized the events that would take place before the end of the age. He pointed out that his disciples should be less concerned with knowing the exact date and more concerned with being prepared, living God's way consistently so that no matter when Jesus came, they would be ready. There are many false prophets even today. They're all around the place, and they have counterfeit signs of spiritual power and authority. The only sure way to keep from being deceived is to focus on Christ and His words. Don't look for special signs, and don't spend time looking at other people. Just look at Christ. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 5th, the New Testament. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 28. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, Do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth. They will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming, I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out on the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, Unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Then if anyone tells you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders, so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, Look, the Messiah is out in the desert. 
Don't bother to go and look. Or, look, he is hiding here. Don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Just as a gathering of vultures show there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11. The cedars of Lebanon that we'll be reading about here today were giant trees that could grow to 120 feet in height and 30 feet in circumference. A voice that could split the cedars of Lebanon would be a truly powerful voice. Of course, the voice of God. All that was impressive to people was under God's complete control. Now, throughout history, God has revealed His power through mighty miracles over nature, such as the great flood in Genesis. He promises to continue to reveal His power. Paul urged us to understand how great God's power is over in the book of Ephesians. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to help us with our daily problems. When you feel weak and limited, don't despair. Remember that God can give you strength, His strength. The same power that controls creation and raises the dead is available to you. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11, a Psalm of David. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for His glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. In His temple, everyone shouts, Glory! The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives His people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Proverbs chapter 7, verses 6 through 23. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight, in the evening, as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him, seductively dressed in sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets, with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him 
and won't return until later this month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once, like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child.
Hey, this is Chris Beatty from Pickaway County, 30 years old, uh, father of two. I was sober for almost uh, two years trying to walk this out after graduation um, August a year ago. Um, eventually, I put my family before God. I lost sight. Now I've been almost married for two years, and this week I just received divorce papers. I had an idea this was coming. Um, but eventually it just led me down darkness. All I wanted to do was die. Six weeks ago before coming in, the uh, cops found me in an alley and I was blue overdosed. Today, after being at the farm, getting some time, God's gave me peace and patience and a safe refuge to walk out my life in truth. Um... You know, to love and pray for my family, knowing my heart's in the right place, to be all I can be for my kids, my wife, and everybody else I come in contact with. I just ask my brothers to be praying for me and my family as we go through this, and I love you guys. I'll see you soon. Hey guys, this is Joey Taylor. Uh... Just a couple affirmations real quick for Jacob Stewart and Pete Roach. Um, Jacob, I know you have uh, been going through some things mentally, man, and just uh, I wanted to let you know that like we talked about the other day, you just pray about it, lean on God, press in, and be open because the Lord will show you what you want to know, what you need to do. You know that. I know that. Everyone knows that. Trust in him, and he will show you. Pete, man, just, I love you, man. I love you I love you a lot. You're doing a good job. Like I said to you the other day, you, you are doing what's supposed to be done. Strong man of God. Um, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing a great job. For the rest of you, I love you, and I'll see you soon. Good morning, guys. This is Pastor Don. Our scripture today is coming from Luke 10, 38 through 42. And it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, I think what's going on here, guys, primarily, is that this passage is telling us how it's really important to not allow the busyness of life to take priority over spending time with the Lord. And what's going on kind of verse by verse here is that Jesus and his disciples had come to the home of, of Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha were sisters. And you also find out a little later in the Gospels that they also had a brother. His name was Lazarus. And he's the guy that uh, Jesus brought back from the dead. So, in the passage, it says that Mary had chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus, while Martha, her sister, 
uh, kind of slaved in the kitchen and did all the work. So this this phrase, sitting at the feet of Jesus, it didn't just mean that she was literally sitting at his feet, you know, even though she probably was, uh, because Jesus was always teaching everywhere he went, so she was probably listening to what he had to say. But to say that she was sitting at his feet literally meant that she was studying under him. And uh, Martha, on the other hand, though, she was in the kitchen doing all the work. You know, she was the hospitable one. And, you know, Martha was doing a good thing. I mean, you know, the disciples and Jesus, like, they need something to eat, something to drink. You know, somebody had to do that. But she was getting pretty bent because Mary wasn't helping her. And, you know, if I was Martha, I probably would have got bent out of shape, too. But uh, she got so aggravated that she literally came out and uh, asked Jesus, you know, don't you even care that, you know, my sister is making me do all the work while she's in here listening to you? And uh, she she demanded that Jesus tell uh, Mary to help her. But uh, Jesus actually kind of uh, just gently rebuked Martha and said that she was worried and upset about all kinds of things, but there was only one thing that was really needed, and uh, the thing that was needed was what Mary had chosen to do, which was sit at the feet of Jesus so that she could learn about who he was. So I think there's some takeaways from this passage for for all of us. Uh, You know, again, I think the biggest one is, is that it's very easy for all of us, especially in you know the, the day that we live in, to let just the busyness of life, even when it, even good things, uh, take priority over our spending time with God. And you know this passage is saying that there's nothing, not even good things, because Martha was doing a good thing. Nothing should take priority over our spending time with God. There's nothing that should take priority over our personally sitting at the feet of Jesus uh, on a regular basis. That's why it's so important for all of us to have a daily devotional time. You know, a time to open up the Word, to study the Scriptures, to spend time with prayer. Because, you know, if, if you don't spend time trying to get to know the Lord and allowing Him to get to know you, um, you know, you're never going to get to know Him. And, you know, you can't spend two or three minutes a day uh, with someone and and hope to actually get to know them. You're not going to be able to do that. It takes time. And uh, it's the same way with the Lord. Like, we, we have to spend time with Him if we expect to really be able to get to know Him and understand what His will and desire is for our lives. Uh, It's in our spending time with the Lord that our mind is transformed and we're able to truly change and become like Him. Um, So, you know, just real simply today, uh, I just want to encourage you all that if, if you know that there's some things in your life right now that are really distracting you, maybe it's even something good, it's distracting you from spending time with the Lord like you feel like you really need to, I would just challenge you to to let that thing go because there's nothing quite as important as sitting at the feet of Jesus. And this is going to be a really important thing to to be doing on a regular basis when you get up to third phase because uh, that's when real life kind of kicks in. And 
if if you don't have that habit of spending time with the Lord on a regular basis, uh, you're going to get caught up with a lot of busyness. So I just challenge you today just to uh, spend some time at the feet of Jesus, and uh, I think that you'll be happy that you did. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I love you all. God bless.
This concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.